Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Nipur. This week we are talking about Fortgate Batch 12, one of the gems we bought back from our recent Louisville trip. So sit back, relax, and grab your drinks, and we hope you enjoy the show. Alright, we're live, baby. Welcome back to the Neat Poor Podcast. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, so um, this is a show that uh, always focuses on the beauty in the barrel, uh, where we always drink the good stuff. Uh, Nick is here. And Shalanda is here, and we are here with episode 43. Shalanda, uh, this is a four-gate whiskey episode, man. This is the Kelvin Camp Collaboration number three. This is the bottle that we picked up on our trip down to Louisville. And this was like the first bottle we bought when we were down there. And um, I would say shouts out to Nate at that Justin House of Bourbon. He did not steer us wrong with this bottle. So let's dive into it. Yeah, it's really good. He always talked about how he was kind of the ones that kind of influenced people. He's, I think the first thing he said to us was like, I don't know who you follow, but, you know, I'm the one that told Fred Minnick about Fourgate. That was kind of his intro to us over at um, Justin's down in Louisville. So um, to give you some stats on this, man, this is the Kelvin Collaboration uh, Batch 12. So how do we sound on the vocals, by the way? It sounds good. Yeah. So this is uh, bottle 794. This is cash strength. So this is 123.7. Now, this is a Kentucky straight bourbon finished in PX Sherry Run Cask. So, Shalanda, I don't know what the hell a PX sherry rum cask is. I'm assuming that's a type of sherry. I don't know either. I've never heard of it. Uh, Bardstown, Kentucky on this one. Uh, so, we're really excited to have this bottle. I mean, it was something. You can get these on Sealbach, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, they're gone pretty quick. Uh, they don't really distribute to Chicago. I haven't really seen them in Chicago at all. I've never seen them in Chicago. I didn't, I didn't know about this until we went down to Louisville. And Nick um, of... Justin's House of Bourbon, he stressed. He said all the bottles are good, but his must-haves were batch 12 and batch 6. So this is batch 12. Yeah, that is very true. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into that pretty pretty quickly here. But, um, Shalanda, I don't think we have any news. Did, we, did anything happen that we need to discuss in the last, since the last episode? No actual overall bourbon news, but um, I had a fun time. I went, so, you know, people don't know I'm also a realtor here in, in Illinois. And um, one of my favorite parts now is kind of diving into um, when I go and look at these ho- homes that are being put up for sale. So I have a client of mine, which gave me permission to discuss um, his grade. They're selling their grandparents' house. And when you go into this house, very beautiful home in Wilmette, but um, he had all these dusties. Dusties. I'm talking about bottles from the fucking 60s not, and 70s. Not V103, not Herb Kent. No, just bottles. Like he had uh, an old Forester from 1961. Okay. It was unopened and um, you can tell where it had evaporated. But it was like, damn, like he had all this good shit. And he was like, hey, let's do a couple lines of blow and let's fucking. No, that's not that's bottles. not what the that's not what the old man said. That's no, not that's, what he said. That's not okay, what he said. That's check. that's what you wanted him. Just check like, it. No. Just check. So um, but I was able to taste a few and then he had this decanter from nineteen seventy two was a gym bean decanter that hadn't been opened, but they opened it for me and it was 
just as good. Now, the decanter, do you remember the shape of the decanter? Like what It looked like it? a genie bottle. Okay. All right, 72 decanter. Yeah, I think we were talking about how those decanters have lead in them. But if you take a little bit of a nip here and there, it won't hurt you. This is when you go down if you were to keep it and drink on like a fourth of it. And then, you know, you might be in for some trouble. Yeah, lead in decanters in the 70s was a whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, just a little sip. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's why they weren't charging for the um, the one adjustments. Mm-hmm. I think he was just kind of pouring it out. Yeah. So, that's good. Did you have a favorite one out of the stuff you saw or tried? I'm going to say the 1972 Jim Bean. That was pretty damn good. The Genie Bottle. Yeah, the Genie Bottle. Over the 610 Fits. Well, we didn't open the 61 Fits. I, I was just able to look at it. Okay. Um just, you know, it was kind of cool to see like how much over the time it had evaporated, but they did break up the, the, the Jenny bottle, the Jim Bean one. Now there was an old Taylor I saw too. Oh yeah. The old, yeah, the old Taylor. Um, we did open that one. We did open that one. That one's pretty good, but for some reason the Jim Bean hit me a little bit more because it was a little bit more sweeter. It looked a lot like, well, old Taylor, like it looked like it had the same font as EH Taylor. Yeah. So maybe it was one of those brands from the I think this was E. E.H. Taylor before they decided to go. Like, this this modern E.H. Taylor yeah. movement, a Buffalo Trace thing. I mean, well, Buffalo Trace didn't start. That distillery's been there since the 1700s, but it was ancient age. And Buffalo Trace as a brand didn't start till like 99. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it was, you know, unfortunately, we really couldn't get into much conversation with the grandfather. He was the one who was really big in suburban and unfortunately health issues. So we didn't, I couldn't have an in-depth conversation with him and the grandson is not in suburban. So he really couldn't break down the history. He was like, yeah, let's just, just open it. Let's, you know, he didn't really know what he had. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. So Dusty's not the soul food restaurant in Madison. No, not not no. not V one hundred three on Sunday morning. No, we talking about straight up Dusty's, and then I can't. You know what? Um, they were talking about this bottle that he had from the fifties, and but the grandson was trying to find it, but in the middle of bottles on top of bottles, he just couldn't find it. But he did say by the time I come back, um, hopefully they would have found it because they're going to start packing up the house. Yeah. Um. What do you think the plan is? I think he's prime. If this was Kentucky, he'd be prime for a spot. You know, one of these guys at one of these uh, one of these retail stores would just come and buy all that stuff from him. Like, what's his plan for all this stuff? Well, his plan is he said, "Hey, I don't know anything about bourbon. Um, I'm not into bourbon. I'm a wine drinker. So, whatever you guys want, um, you can have once we get to that step." So I was like, "Cool, I'm down." I can dig it, man. My whole place is this is just gonna be. Bourbon on top of bourbon. Yeah, I'm excited to see what else he has because there was some more stuff downstairs that it was just and I I am for I had to hurry up and kind of cut cut that even short because I had another appointment to get to but I really enjoyed what I did see. Very cool, very cool. Um, so in lieu of news, we're sharing our whiskey adventures from um, from this past week. I didn't do too much. Um, I'm around my bike a lot lately, so I rode past Go Tavern where Shalana and I have actually been and. Um, you know, they were playing some some stalker game. I think it was, you know, Italy versus England. And it was like the penalty kick round. So it was a little hectic in there. But um, I got, uh, I tried the uh, BTAC, the one of the BTACs that I don't think I've I've had in a while, mm-hmm. which was the um, the Eagle Rare 17, mm-hmm. uh, the summer of 2020 vintage mm-hmm. on that one. So um, let's see. Now you had the Sazerac 18 when we went to Louisville. Yes. You know, Handy's one of our all-time faves. Um, I've tried LaRue, and I've tried, I mean, we've both tried uh, George T. Stagg on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, am I missing any? 
I've been drinking, so I can't remember. Big Stag is five. Big Stag, Handy, LaRue, uh, Big Saz, Mm -hmm. and Eagle Rare. So this is the last one. So I tried Eagle Rare 17. Um, I got to be honest with you, man. You know, out of all the ones I've had, you know, I thought the Sazerac was cool, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's 90 proof and, you know, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice alternative to the, the baby says, um, it's fun. You know, I just, I get frustrated that it's so difficult to find, but I enjoyed it. You know, mm-hmm. nothing tops handy in that lineup as far as I'm concerned still, but this, this, um, this Eagle rare was a little, was a little odd for me. Like it was, you know, I don't know. I was saying on the, on the socials that I kind of got plum brandy i got a huge sometimes in some of these buffalo trace products you know you get a um you get a fig note or you get like a cocktail note right mm-hmm. that's how you know when i taste uh rock hill farms or something that's what i taste but in this in this uh stag not stag but in this um in this eagle rare i got like a straight up grape liqueur plum brandy note and it was fine but it was just a little bit more of it than I want it. And I'm not really into fucking plum like that. So now if it's death by plums, the stout that Shalana don't like, I'm in on that. I think it I think it works well. I didn't say and that I, I didn't like the death gave, by plum. You gave me your death by plum. I did because it was just too sweet for me. Yeah. And I think what again, you know, when I talk about like beers like that or I'm outgrowing the whole sweetness. Overly Revolution, sweet. Revolution's not listening, so it's fine. I mean, I'm, I would tell them. Like, they know I love them. You know, I, I fucks with them hard. But you're not going to like every single thing that somebody makes. What, what's up with this whole hair movement, dude? What that's the fuck? What, that's what you just That's did. not what I'm doing. I fucks with them hard. I fucks with them hard because you know, none of my people. You know, you went all, uh, you know, Lady Rage on me just now, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I think... Um, it just it was it was too advanced for me. It wasn't my favorite B tag, you know. Something it wasn't in, your jam. It was a little too much of the plum grape thing going for me. Okay, you know, it lingered a little bit. So I, I was out. I was out on the. Uh, he tapped out. Yeah, he tapped out. I was out on the Eagle Rose Seventeen. Fantastic looking bottle, and um, they'll tell you all all day long that um, their most awarded whiskeys are the Eagle Rare Ten and George T Stag. So. You know, it was just it was fun to try them all. They're all so elusive. You know, you get to hang out at the bar and try them. So I was very excited about that. But that's actually all for my uh, whiskey adventures this week. So, so um, look, I have an idea. So you know, our idea? our fourth year wedding anniversary is coming up next month. Yeah. I know, right? So we should take a poll as to what should our anniversary bottle be for this year. You call me mid sip. I know. I think that's a fair idea. I'm not against that at all. Let's include the people. So if you're listening, we're gonna also put a poll up on the socials. Um, so what should our fourth year wedding anniversary bottle be? Last year it was Outfits 13. Yeah, it was Outfits 13. So what should it be for this year? Okay. Just pulling up my notes for the Kelvin here. All right. I like that, man. Should we uh, dive into this Four Gate uh, Gate Whiskey Company? Let's dive. Let's get it on. Yeah. So um, Fred Minnick had his ASCOT Awards, and I think one of the categories uh, is Four Gate won in one of those categories. So that's what caught our attention when we went to Louisville, like like Shalana was saying. Um, 
you know, it's called the Kelvin collaboration because the Kelvin refers to Kelvin Cooperage in Louisville. So it's a, it's a boutique, um, cask maker, right? That's, uh, you know, boutique by, by, you know, independent stave standards, right? Mm-hmm. They're Cooperage in Louisville that collaborates with Forgate to produce these whiskeys, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's why they call it that. So these are, these are guys, I think Kelvin refers to like a river in Scotland. And, um, you know, when you think, when you talk about these Kelvin guys, it reminds me, I was telling Shalanda earlier today that, you know, I'm, I'm putting up the Starward Australian whiskey, uh, episode. Yeah. Cause he's been slapping on that. Oh, um, yeah. Ask me how many, uh, cocktails of the week that Shalanda. We're not talking up, about me. We're not. We're talking about last three you. months. Um, whatever. But like I was. But like I was saying, you know, on the Australian whiskey, <laughs> they use a lot of wine barrels. And they were saying that wine barrels are, uh, what, $3,000? And whiskey barrels are $200. And a lot of that's got to do with uh, the, the whiskey barrels are seasoned longer. But then a lot of these, I'm sorry, the wine barrels are seasoned longer. Um, but then a lot of these uh, wine barrels are, they aren't treated with uh, gas when it's time to toast them or try them. They're they're toasted or charred with natural flavors. So with natural wood. That's what I was saying. So um I think that I think that plays a role in, in what we're drinking here. So word. Yeah, man. So let's get into it. So what was your assessment of the first uh nosing this? Did you want to say the S word? I dare you to say the S word. Uh Sherry? No. First time out. When I nosed it, I got, uh, I got cherry. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, cherry and I got kind of, uh, like a sweet oak kind of thing. Almost like, um, you know, it's funny. It reminded me of like a barrel aged maple syrup, you know, like the ones that Maplewood makes or the ones that they make. Up in Michigan, Bliss, the mm-hmm. ones that Bliss makes up in Michigan, it reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it had a nose kind of similar to some of the um, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof stuff that I tried, or even that uh, St. Cloud in there. Okay. Where there's like a nice kind of, it's not exactly caramel. It's, if it is, it's a caramel candy, and then it's straight up like syrup. So my first nosing experience with this one, I felt like it was like the maple syrup. But I also got like some sweetness of butterscotch. Yeah. So um, the guys at Peerless, they use these barrels. Okay. And, you know, they toast these barrels and then they let them char. So it takes 20 minutes to, you know, if you want a level three char, it takes like 20 minutes to get that compared to if, you know, Heaven Hill charred a, a bourbon barrel. You could get a level three char in like two minutes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's because they're using gas, and these guys are using, um, you know, they're using wood to slow toast every barrel. So they're getting more flavor out of the beginning of the process. So the toasted marshmallows, and you know, this is the wine world does this to all their barrels. Mm-hmm. So it's in line with what they do. Um, I thought they were interesting as a crew, this Kelvin crew, because it sounds like um, they do. New barrels, and then they actually get old barrels, and then they convert those barrels, too. So, like, they'll give you a barrel. If Shalanda wants a custom barrel, they'll take half the staves from red wine barrels and half the staves from white wine barrels. Mm. You know, they call that a zebra barrel, where they did something called a phoenix barrel, where they took old sherry barrels, 
and then they burnt one to a char and then they took the char and then they put it onto an, another sherry barrel. Right. So they're doing all this experimental stuff with barrels that kind of caught my attention. Um, I tell you, I think there's a nice little rye component in this. Yeah. Where it's not all about these sherry flavors. Like when I sip it, when I when I nose it, it definitely has a sherry influence. But when I sip it, it tastes like sherry just for a second. And then it goes right into those classic bourbon notes, like a nice bready, you know, bread, maybe covered with some honey and then a little bit of like a, and a nice rye spice. Mm. I get those things when I drink it. But when I nose it, I get the sherry influence. I want to agree with that assessment. I I I can't I can't disagree. So, Dead on. Facts. Bombs. At 124 proof. Big hug, long hug, and enjoyable hug. You know, we've got this um limestone water that we picked up from Heaven Hill. We haven't cracked yet. I think, you know, going forward, I think this is a perfect candidate for you know, maybe proofing this down a little bit because um, I was watching uh, this guy called The Nose. <gasps> the Nose? Yeah, it's his nickname. He's got his nose insured by like Lloyds of London. Um, but, oh, but he's a, you know, he's a Scotch ambassador and a master taster. And uh, he was saying he tastes his whiskeys at uh, 35%, right? Mm-hmm. You know, which is around 80 proof. And Heaven Hill, not Heaven Hill, but Buffalo Trace. If you listen to some of their stuff, they say they proof theirs down to about uh, 20 proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like interesting to see who how you proof things down to taste it. But I think this would open up since it's so this is a very big whiskey. Yeah, it yeah. is. I'm curious to know how it opens up if you add some water to it, like what notes come out. You know, so I think this would be a candidate for that if we ever get into that limestone whiskey, uh, that limestone water. So. I truly agree. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I think that's about it for me. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about it. Um, yeah, this was a limited release, uh, blended and finished in only the finest cask in collaboration with Kelvin Cooperage. Uh, it's actually kind of, you know, you talk about craft distilleries and you talk about you know, the downside of craft distilleries like, oh, where they're sending out three year bourbon in some cases or, oh, you know, they're sourcing whiskey until they get their whiskey ready and shit like that. I always hear about the downside of craft distilleries. But then when you hear about a crew like Fourgate, that kind of to be honest with you, between them and Peerless kind of I didn't know about Kelvin Cooperage at all until dealing with those two brands. Mm-hmm. So and these are two these are two newer uh, crews that are. You're really understanding how you can influence flavors on a whiskey before it even hits the barrel in some cases or before it starts to age because of what you did to the barrel differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were talking earlier how it's like, hey, it's kind of like, you know, you use charcoal versus a uh, gas to grill with, you know, you would notice the difference. Right. You would notice the difference in those things. So it's kind of akin to that. And that's interesting part of the conversation that, you know, no one really discussed. And then that's something that I didn't personally know. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, man, I would say if you see this, you know, it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass to acquire. I think it's $200 retail. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a fun spin. And I think there's, um, there's a lot of integrity in, in every sip of this. So these are, this is, these are very nicely curated. Um, so I'm glad I got to try it, man. And there you go. And there you have it. There's no other bourbon news? Nothing else to chat about? I don't know, man. 
um, I think that's all I got. All right. Well, you can catch us collectively at the Nipur and all of the socials. And new episodes are dropped on Monday. And you can catch me individually at Afrobeatric and him at Nicole Ciel. Yeah, man. And uh, until next time, like we always say, um, don't get a divorce. Uh, just pour another drink. <laughs> all right. Until next time, guys. Peace out.